interwebs, we are the Poldark Fancast, formerly known as Poldark Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of the Poldark saga. And we are your hosts. I am Delanda. I live in France. You can find me on Tumblr at British Think So and on Twitter at Delanda Dia. And my name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark and I tweet at Rita Bites. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses and I tweet at Musings. So we better start off by explaining the new name. So despite doing the podcast for over two years now, what? I know. Oh I my know. God. Crazy. We received word from the official Poldark social media folks with a thank you for the support, but Ixnay on the Oldark podcast pay name. So changing the name makes it very clear that we are not an official platform or product for the production. But beyond that, we're still the same old podcast you've come to know. So when you're searching the net for us, now just search Paul Dark Fancast instead, as we've changed all of our social media handles. Yay! Mm-hmm. That was a fun morning, wasn't it? Or afternoon for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the anxiety of me trying to get home in time to change everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fun! <laughs> anyway, oh it's time for Poldark Season 4 2.0. Since Michelle was boneheaded last week and forgot to press record. Okay, just checking again. You, you, you do have the button it's yes, recording right yes. yeah okay i'm looking good. at the thing it's moving so yeah we're, good. <laughs> we're here to bring you not one but two episodes in one we're covering both episode 403 and 404 uh so episode three saw ross hit the completely empty streets of london as truro's <laughs> newest mp uh, George schemed and plotted to acquire a borough, aka a town or district in Great Britain that sends members to Parliament, in his desperate attempt to return to the House of Commons. Uh, elsewhere, Dwight and Caroline welcomed their baby daughter into the world. Uh, Trenwith threw down the biggest house party ever seen in the district. And we met the stabbingly smouldering monk Adderley whose name is one of the best to sum up a character since Dick Dastardly. So episode three got a very mixed reaction from the three of us back in June. Um, Rita, you gave it 2.5 tricorns and said you were bored. Uh, Michelle and I liked it, giving it 3.5 and 4 tricorns respectively. So have your thoughts about it changed with the rewatch, Michelle? Well... Yeah, a bit. And particularly because some of the cuts that were made, um, and I found myself more annoyed with some of the plotting devices used here. Uh, but we're going to get more into that in a bit. Uh, but I would say I'm going to knock my tricorns down to uh, 2.75. I know, I can't commit to whole numbers. <laughs> but uh, Rita, Delanda, do you guys remember anything about the show? Um. Lots of food. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of food. I remember thinking, oh, yeah. wow, Monk Adley, wow, what's wrong with me? I was very, <laughs> conf- very confused with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was just as delicious with his uh, entry onto the show as he was uh, before. Monk Adley at your service like oh my god who the hell are you and you're you're a bad boy you're a bad (laughs) bad boy (laughs) and i'm drawn to bad boys oh god so yeah and also the whole the entire storyline with the mining we'll get into (laughs) it but not a fan uh i remember lots of angst uh when uh, we welcomed baby sarah because mm-hmm. I, I have, having not read the books, I was like, oh God, please tell me you were not going to have a Julia 2.0 situation here. Because uh, I'm not ready. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they could have dropped a few more hints. You know, I, as I, one of the things that I noticed during my rewatch was 
you know, all of Caroline's um, characteristic, sarcastic, or cynical, or whatever you want to call it, because she's not, it's not done in a negative way. It's just the way that she's Caroline glib. is, you know, where she says things, yeah, where she says things like, you know, oh, you know, I didn't want the... You know, it's like I, like I didn't want the, the little brat anyway, or or she says things like, um, you know, she, you know, she's going to grow up to be blah, 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 blah. And, you know, all these kind of things. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, this is like a great big giant warning sign. Foreshadow, 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 foreshadow um, that we hear in 403. And then, you know, 404 drops and, and you know, we get the. We get the fun times. So, anyway. Uh, we got a response in from Love Me, A Period Drama, which is an amazing username, by the way. Yes. They said, yes. I knew after listening to your season three episodes that PBS was cutting the Sam and Emma scenes and leaving in Drake and Morwenna mooning over water. But after listening today to this episode, I'm even more frustrated. I loved hearing you vent about it. I don't understand why they have to cut so much. There must be 10 minutes of commercials and previews at the end. Really? Do they think Americans only want to see Drake and Morwenna? Also, the scenes you mentioned where Ross shows some vulnerability were cut. Ah. I stopped donating to PBS after last season. I had the passport and that still didn't get me the full version. I'm not sure I like this product enough to pay for it elsewhere. I'll save my money to buy the rest of the books. I've only read up to the Angry Tide. Are the rest of the books as good as the first ones? You guys mentioned Downton Abbey. I actually thought the PBS version had more scenes than the BBC version. I know that doesn't make sense, but I remember the podcast I listened to at the time discussing that. Keep up the great podcast. I have to keep watching so I can keep listening. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I have to keep watching so I can keep listening. Oh, thank you so much for the sacrifice. We have to keep uh, watching too thing. so that we can keep talking. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, as far as PBS and all of their commercials are concerned, yeah, they've got about uh, eight minutes of uh, commercial or, you know, time that they try to whittle the show down to be 60 minutes, um, you know, or not 60 minutes, to try to whittle it down so that way they've got a spare eight to throw in their their commercial support and everything but you know it it is frustrating uh that we have this uh option for public television you know as much as i've supported pbs you know during my very long life um <laughs> um it's it was never this bad uh back when i was young um it's it seems to just get a little a little worse every year and personally my guess is uh because of the fact that it is a public television um system and the we rely heavily on the government on government support um and that is always being threatened so it's frustrating and it's frustrating that for those individuals like myself who've donated to PBS um, weren't able to get the full version using the uh, passport option that um, is so touted uh, during the um, donation season you know if you donate you get to be able to watch the shows on uh, you know, your computer, etc. And the full version should be on there. Yeah, the full, the full version should be on there. Um, you know, particularly if, yeah, particularly if they want to compete with um, Amazon Prime. Just That's saying. That's crazy. 
There's literally so, no reason because they obviously yeah, have it's, the it's, full versions available to them. Exactly. They they wind up selling them to the folks that donate every year. That's the version that you get when you send in your money to PBS. You get the full British version. As for some of the other questions, um, do you think Americans only want to see Drake Morena? No. Nobody wants to see Drake Morena. No. No. <laughs> No, 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 but that is the storyline that um, was favored uh, by uh, Debbie when she was writing. And so, you know, it's it's clear that uh, they were utilizing the time that they had in order to uh, beef up the Drake Marwenna storyline. And as a result, they basically turned Sam into a caricature. He turned turned him into a caricature. He's so he's one dimensional. We don't have the chance to see um, who he was, and especially, uh, well, we'll get to it. Um, but when Emma turns him down, and she tells him that, or she basically says, you know, the reason why she's doing it is because the guy that has proposed to her. Um, is uh, a real guy, and Sam, he is is too pure for her. Not the same reason as in the books, by the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, because Sam is not pure. He had he had a life before he turned to methody, and so you know he's he's lived a life and uh, could probably well understand uh, what has pulled Emma in uh, the directions that she has gone. But uh, we don't see that. We don't see that, that multidimensionality. Well, of, if we had, PBS character. would have just cut it anyway. Yeah, pretty anyway, much. She's only read up to the Angry Tide. Are the rest of the books as good as the first ones? Um, they're different, um, you know, because we have the natural break in uh, the saga, you know, with the end of Angry Tide, um, you know, it was intended to be, you know, the full story of this um, this family and of this time. Um, however, um, Winston uh, felt drawn to continue, you know, after uh, several years uh, doing other things. Um, and so we wind up focusing a lot on the kids in the subsequent books. Uh, so we get to see, you know, uh, we get to see uh, Clowence and Jeremy, you know, as um, young, a young man and a young woman, we see uh, Valentine. Um, and so we are following along the, adventures and exploits of these individuals with some of the most delicious Romelza moments that uh, Winston has ever written um, tossed in there just to make you just go, oh, I'm so glad I've decided to read these books. Um, so, so um, you know, it's they're, they are different. Um, they, they have a, a bit of a different feel uh, because the focus is shifting. But hey. It's still Poldark, so I would read them. Yes, absolutely. I, f I still found them entertaining, um, although the, the kids do make me crazy because the Poldark idiot gene runs strong in the next generation. Definitely the dominant gene. Yes, just saying, just saying. Oh, but thanks again for, for your comments um, and your question. We really appreciate it. Uh, Anonymous said, great episode. Love the kitchen table, even though it was too short. <laughs> um, so wish when Ross said, um, is that why it happened with Hugh? She would have just told him uh, she felt vulnerable and not needed. And you were telling me to look elsewhere. Uh, kissing Elizabeth. That was never addressed. Will it ever be? Will I have to wait and see? Did she ever ask why kiss her then? Okay. When it comes to... Uh, getting a specific answer from Demelza about why the thing with Hugh happened, um, it 
she's not going to answer that question. She never does, and she never did in the books. Um, it was something that was always um, left unsaid. Uh, it was something that Ross um, probably um, assumed. I would say that that's a, a good um, description of it, but he never had proof of it. And, uh, you know, even in the show, when he asks her, when she returns from her visit to the dunes, um, you know, if he can ask her something, uh, you know, she basically says, no, ask me nothing. And when he asks, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. She oftentimes answers him with a question, uh, which really annoys me. Um, really annoys me when, when folks do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Bonnie on Facebook said, I did. I definitely noticed two scenes missing from the UK original. The Harlots visiting Ross's room and the Malza and the kids picking apples. There were others, but those two stood out. I guess Debbie Horsfield can cannot quit throwing at us what-ifs for Elizabeth and Ross. Example being the conversation Verity and Elizabeth had that was not in the books. Uh, <laughs> God. Yeah, that <laughs> that's one of those plot devices that we were talking about. For the sake of pure drama. <laughs> yes, pure drama. You know, what-ifs, what-ifs, that wistful look in Elizabeth's eye as she's laying in bed uh. you know, alone while George is off <laughs> trying to get his burrow. That just made me want to throw something at the television. Go away, Elizabeth. <laughs> go off to London and, and just just go. Just leave, go. <laughs> leave us. <laughs> um, Donna on Facebook asked, I think you get the UK version via Masterpiece Classic on Amazon Prime, correct? That is correct. Uh, you have to pay for it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's how you get access to uh, the full UK versions now, uh, rather than waiting for the DVD to come out. Um, they release the episode um, as soon as it airs uh, in the US, so you can access it. And that's how I've been watching um, the... Uh, UK version while I've been doing my uh, episode <laughs> my my episode detection <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better word Elizabeth on Facebook in response to our question how did you like episode 3 peeps she said okay <laughs> we feel you <laughs> yes we do yes we do keeping it short and sweet so Anne C emailed us to say, I know the US PBS version of Poldark is butchered, but from listening to your podcast regarding 4033 from June, I realized once again how much we're being cheated. Leaving out the entire Ross and the ladies of the evening in London scene was criminal. Should have not watching each Sunday and waiting for my DVD to arrive the first week of November. Anyone have any suggestions on how we can get PBS to show the British version? It really is disgraceful. <laughs> uh, 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 short of uh, becoming Darlene Shiley's, uh, Shiley's best friend and convincing her to cough up even more money to PBS um, to attempt to get them to do it, I've got no clue. We could go on like a Viking pillage of the Viking River cruises and be like, no, <laughs> give us more Polar. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> oh, sign me up. That would be we'll fun. We'll wear those hats with the horns. I think those are really inauthentic, but it would be fun. Uh, Anne C continued by saying, do you think another reason Zaki was cool to Ross is because he felt guilty he wasn't the mind captain Henshaw was? I think that's a very interesting take on on um, why Zaki is the way he is uh, this season. I mean, in addition to the fact that, you know, they've killed off Mrs. Zaki, although when that is supposed to have happened, who knows? My guess it's sometime in series three. My guess is they forgot uh, since, that there even uh, was a Mrs. Zaki. Let's be real. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. 
Um, you know, this is not to cast aspersions on the lovely uh, Emma Spurgeon Hussey, who played Mrs. Zaki in series one and series two. Uh, but again, no idea when they decided to kill her off. This idea would have made a very fun storyline. But was it in the writing of, of this episode? Nah, I think <laughs> I think they were just sort of throwing characters under the bus to make the weird plot work, as they are wont to yeah. do. You know, if that had been an intentional characterization, uh, we would have seen it, and it would have been much more obvious on the screen. Um, you know, because it would be something that is new, uh, you know, not in the books, of course, uh, because we know that Henshaw lives for, you know, quite a long time in the, the written series. Um, so if it was intentional, we would have seen it. But I think that makes for a very interesting plot for a fanfic, if one was interested in writing a Zaki Martin fanfic. The bit of Captain Henshaw fan in me will never read a Zaki Martin fanfic because I know it was between them to get rid of one of them. And I choose Captain Henshaw every time. Although if we if they had cut Zaki, we would not have had that tremendous performance that we had in episode one. And that was pretty freaking awesome. You even have to admit that. I do, yeah. but also R.I.P. Henshaw. <laughs> Definitely R.I.P. Henshaw, you know, forever. <laughs> He's up there in heaven with Francis. Oh. And not with some of the other mm -hmm. people we dislike. Okay, so very quickly, we have the uh, little uh, episode summary for um, number four. Uh, Demelza sets Drake up with Rosina. Ross decides to blow a hole in his mine and is surprised when it causes a huge flood and nearly kills his miners. He and Sam rescue a bunch of people. Sam gets dumped by Emma. Dwight tells Caroline Sarah has a heart defect. Sarah dies. Caroline insists on moving to London to mourn, and George follows through on buying a burrow. So we had one comment from l'Africaine578 who said, Oh my god. What is going on with Paul Dark? I could not handle the death of Sarah. Caroline leaving. Dwight? Oh, Dwight! Please tell me there's nothing. Tell me that nothing's gonna happen with him and Demelza. I love those characters. They better not fuck them up. Sorry for my rent. Episode 4 just wrecked me. <laughs> we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. We had the same reaction. Yeah. Oh my god. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the death of... I have decided that I simply cannot handle Luke Norris yes. emoting. I can't... I can't do it. I can't do it. it. It's like every time I would see him and he would... He would be, you know, like looking off far off in the distance and, you know, or having to kind of leave a room with the conversation or even when he was having to deal with Osborne Whitworth and his stupid uh, bullshit reason for trying to have uh, Marwenna uh, hold off to the, the asylum. Um, you know, Dwight powerhouse, powerhouse performances uh for for Dwight uh <clears throat> and uh Caroline this week um and watching it again just about killed me again and I was sitting there going having to kind of rewind and, and catch things because I was getting so into what was happening uh but uh oh good <laughs> yeah, I agree that Luke Norris, we've already talked about it, but Luke Norris is probably one of the most underrated actors in this show. Uh, but I just want to <laughs> touch upon uh, what you said about uh, that you hope nothing is going to happen between, um, I was going to say Drake, uh, Dwight and <laughs> Dwight and Demelza. Well, we've already said it, that they would have made a great, perfect couple, and if they hadn't met their soulmates already, they would have been the perfect match, right? Yes. So, we're not against the idea, and yeah, that's no. another fanfic idea for you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ship it. Exactly. 
Nope, I, I, yeah, I, I get that ship. Totally get that ship. I, and I get the Ross Caroline ship. Totally. And oh the God. answer is for them yeah, to become totally like, work. is it a quad couple? What? So it would be, it would be an OT4. They yeah, should all have sex. <laughs> and now we watch our ratings plunge through the floor. <laughs> From Elsa Forever. Okay, well, that's it for the comments uh, on both 403 and 404. Uh, but it is now time for this week's Viking River Cruises Darlene Shiley Butcher Block, now sponsored by Farmers Insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So, for episode 403, uh, the first scene that got the axe was the scene of Sam showing Zacky something troubling down the mine. Uh, that happens before the, st- the scene with Dwight and Thali. Hmm, and now that we've seen 404, that scene has so much <laughs> more significance, doesn't it? Um, as mentioned, I think one of the most egregious cuts was the scene where Ross and Jeffrey Charles encounter the harlots in Vauxhall Gardens. Uh, Jeffrey Charles uh, speaking to his cousin, the honorable member from Truro, says, Fame has its rewards. And so Ross invites these two ladies back to his rooms only to send them away. Um, and it cuts away to Demelza lying alone in her bed. That poor lady dyed her hair pink just to be caught. I know, I know, right? I mean, that was fabulous pink hair. Um, but, you know, it, it gave us the opportunity to see Ross struggling uh, with what happened Uh, before he left and so you know yeah okay another moment where we miss out on you know trying to figure things out but you know whatevs uh the next scene that gets cut is where roella is preening herself in front of the mirror when she hears a knock on the door smash cut to ozzy's walking stick held in said paw and seated in her that sounds like room. a euphemism i'm sorry just <laughs> <laughs> no his but paw? he's holding his walking stick oh shit i didn't even see that oh wow wow the layers <laughs> oh gosh um next one is ross zaki paul and dwight enter the mine office and there are some more moments of the super contrived awkward friendship situation uh, that uh, has been introduced in this episode to demonstrate the 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 distance that Ross uh, has had with his band of brothers who he is left behind in Cornwall to tend to the mine, even though they were the ones that suggested he go in the first place. Remember? Oh, how can I forget one of the 16 riots that have happened? <laughs> is this where is this where we can list all of the times that Ross has been away from Cornwall and not garnered this reaction? Like the years he spent at war and then got... Oh yeah, and the, 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 the six months that he spent over in France trying to find out about uh, Dwight's imprisonment. You know, because he was so. Following that logic, do you think when he came back from France, they would have been like, "You're French now. You're not one of us. You were parlez-vousing Francais." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just really stupid. (laughs) It's it's a really crappy device to try and show that there's this distance between them because, quite honestly, there wasn't. And the, it was it was just really, really wonkily done. Wonkily done. Um, let's see. Dwight announces the news of Sarah's birth, and Zachy and Paul are all but giving Dwight hugs of joy. You know, because he's been there all this time, and they've become... He's never been to France. Friend. He's a good um, friend. Oh, wait, he did. Um, he has been to France, uh, yeah. yeah. Why me. is he allowed there? He's he was yeah. in France for in like two years. Yes. I know, I know. I know, I know. You're asking for logic to work. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, there's a tiny cut of George walking up to his bank that is uh, cut 
Uh, there's a scene with Ross and Pascoe sharing a beverage. Uh, the former talking about the attitude of his old friends um, that we just ranted about. Um, Pascoe briefly mentions Nat Pierce, which provides a good segue opportunity to Ozzy popping by George's to share the news of Nat Pierce's embezzlement. Um, there's the scene where uh, we're at Drake's blacksmith's shop and Sam is trying to convince Drake to consider Rosina, um, you know, because Demelza insisted that she attempt to do that, or that he attempt to do that. Um, there were some more of the festivities at Trenwith where George is running through all of the fancy folks who have come, you know, whispering who they are uh, in Elizabeth's ear, and Elizabeth uh, decides that she must dance with one of them, which uh, gives them the opportunity to say, you know, this is the life you were born to live, blah, blah, blah. So, anyhow. Any other thoughts, folks? I just want to ask uh, PBS Masterpiece, what the <laughs> heck is your problem with Sam? And what do you have with the uh, Drowena, or whatever we call them? Because seriously, this is getting ridiculous. I'm so glad I'm not in the US, because otherwise I wouldn't know who Sam is, for real. Like, how many times have we seen him since the... The beginning How of the season. Any, does anybody in the US know who he is? Are they like, who's this guy? <laughs> Why is he standing <laughs> in the background of scenes? Honestly, you know what? Honestly, um, I kind of wish that they'd written his character out. For real, though. I, I kind of wish that they'd written his character out, um, given what all they wind up doing to it, uh, doing it to him, to him and his character. But tell me, are we supposed to see him that much towards the end of the series? I mean, we only have one left anyway, but... <laughs> Who knows? Has he been signed to um, oh, yeah, Series he's, 5? People are sending me photos of him on set. So, uh, moving on to Series 4, or to Series 4, to Episode 4. Um, they were really careful about making microclips here and there during this episode. Uh, but in doing so, we miss out on Uncle Carrie's most excellent imitation of <laughs> Mr. Burns excellent. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it was absolutely pretty, like, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, some more significant cuts uh, include the following. Uh, we cut away from Dwight and Ross's conversation about Sarah and keeping their respective wives in the dark about her congenital heart defect, because manly protecting, of course. Um, and uh, Zaki letting Ross know that everything was at the ready for more blasting towards the wheel maiden workings. So we miss out on Zaki saying, yep, everything's good to go. So we have no idea why they're blasting at the mine, which Demelza mentions in just a little bit when she is visiting, I believe she's visiting with Caroline. PBS really hates setting up storylines, don't they? They're like, well, we don't need to establish a reason for why anybody does anything. Um, except, uh, you know, they do keep in the, you know, vigorous um, chopping. I know that's not the right word, uh, but, you know, words are hard at 6.32 a.m. Um, but, you know, he and Ross and... Uh, Sam are downstairs with pickaxes, you know, pounding their way through this wall. And, um, you know, then Ross notices that the tip of his pickaxe is wet. Remember? Okay, you, everybody who hasn't listened to our previous um, podcast on this episode should absolutely go back and do it because there was so much innuendo about the pickaxe and like <laughs> wet seeping in and just oh, it was amazing <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny it was pretty funny <laughs> so um anyhow they also cut um the dialogue when elizabeth and jeffrey charles are visiting uh, merwena and elizabeth and elizabeth comments about the grimness of the nurses that um Lady Worthworth uh, keeps hiring. You know, they've had four since Elizabeth uh, last visited Morwenna. Um, and uh, Elizabeth says, goes on to say that, you know, she's surprised that a pleasant young person isn't hired. Perhaps another of Morwenna's sisters. 
yeah, not gonna happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lady Whitworth, you're hiring these women because you know your son is just disgusting. But anyway, um, the next one that they cut was a really nice exchange between Jeffrey Charles and Drake where Drake uh, attempts to take a step away from the friendship uh, that they've had since Jeffrey Charles has grown up so much, you know, with his pursuits of drinking and womanizing or womanizing under his belt. Um, you know, it makes Drake embarrassed. Um, Jeffrey Charles says the only, friend, the only friend whom he considers his lifelong friend is Blacksmith Karn. Uh, it's one of the moments when we see Louis Davison, who is uh, portraying Jeffrey Charles this season, because um, we had a different one. Pick every your season. favorite. Um, <laughs> um, and, and he's infusing uh, this characterization of Jeffrey Charles with warmth and dimension, which is something that helps to keep his characterization. Uh, in future episodes uh, from feeling less cartoonish. Uh, Y'all will see what we're talking about in future episodes because um, that shit's coming pretty soon. Nice that they um, they kept the stuff where they talk about Moena incessantly, but they cut any conversation about friendship. That's really great. That's a great choice. Yep. Uh, next up is the scene where Drake and Rosina leave Nampara after Demelza all but flings her brother at the last. Uh, once they leave, Demelza grins and pronounces that she's learned a new word, propinquity, which I kind of went, what the hootika? <laughs> so, um, according to Wikipedia, uh, the propinquity effect is the tendency for people to form relationships or romantic, or to form friendships or romantic relationships with those whom they encounter often, uh, forming a bond between subject and friend. Um, so in her words, she won't do anything but arrange things so that something might happen and they'll have to wait and see if it does. Which still sounds like matchmaking to me. Just, you know, kind of passive-aggressive matchmaking. <laughs> if... If, if you, you if you want to know the truth. Um, let's see. Then as uh, Drake and Rosina walk and talk, uh, we miss Drake asking if Rosina is a member of the Methodist Church, um, which she isn't, but she does attend church regularly. Um, meanwhile, uh, and someone hand Rita some tissue, because the continued slaughter of the Sama pairing, isn't that, I, I, that just kind of popped into my head. It's Sama. <laughs> um, the slaughter of Sama pairing continues. Uh, we miss Ross and Sam discussing whether the latter has heard from Emma, that it's been a year since she left, and that he's expecting word on whether um, they would wed. Ross smiles up and asks if Sam is hopeful. Sam smiles shyly and says he reckons he is. And there's a nice brotherly laugh between the two men, which is really sweet when you consider how, um, you know, not all that thrilled Ross was in having Sam and Drake uh, suddenly appear in, in their lives. So, you know, it's nice to see that their relationship is, is really warmed up over the years. Um, so the next slashing, of course, happens when Emma appears in Saul to give Sam her answer which is one of the loveliest scenes in the series. We expected it, but it's still brutal. Yeah, we did. It, yeah, it's it's awful. It's just awful. Um, so basically, we've now turned Sam into uh, kind of a tag-along for Drake uh, as Drake tries to figure out his relationship situation. Apparently that's all anybody cares about, even... Jeffrey Charles isn't really talking to him about anything other than Moena in this version. Everyone's just there to make sure Drake gets laid. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. So, there's a scene of George talking with one of the members of his uh, new borough to start the whole get-out-of-here process. Um, 
This is followed by another drone shot of what I think is Batalic, uh, but it could also be St. Agnes Head. Um, Sam and Drake walking along the path, following behind Rosina, who appears to be headed to Nampara. Fancy that. Um, Sam asks Drake if uh, he minds their sister's meddling, and Drake says, yes, and then no, and then runs off to catch up with Rosina, and Sam just basically, you know, smiles and toddles after them. And that's it. That's another episode of the Viking River Cruises, Char Darlene Shiley Butcher Block, sponsored by Farmers Insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So, ladies, can I just say it's just breaking my heart that the only time we're talking about Sam that much is because we're talking about <laughs> cutscenes. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's making me it's so It's criminal. Sad, I swear, it's just criminal. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> it's your worst nightmare realized after, you know, weeks and months and months and months. It's here. <laughs> and it's just as bad as we thought it was going to be. Well, I mean, it, there is a reason why we... Um, called the episode uh, that we did about this um you know back in the summer you know sigh just read the books <laughs> you know because there's so much depth that uh we miss you know and i and before anybody just says well you know they have to do this for tv adaptations i know that you know <laughs> i know that they have to make cuts in order to get um, a book as dense as this, um, packed into eight series or eight uh, episodes. Um, first of all, don't try to cram one and a half books into an episode. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a thought. <laughs> um, oh, the shade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's also uh, a way to, to do this without, uh, basically extracting the importance of a character. And like I said, if they knew that they were going to focus on uh, Drake and Morwenna, then cut Sam out and have someone else befriend, um, befriend Drake and become the sounding board instead of having his kind of reduced to cardboard brother I can't believe they got the hot brother and they're cutting him out. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Cut the uglier one out. That is the rules of television. Um, oh, that's God. a joke. They're both attractive men. Okay. You know, and I mean, the scene where Emma comes back and tells Sam that, that she is going to marry someone else. You know, they do these, these beautiful um, tight shots on uh, Tom York. Uh, and he's sitting there listening to her say these things. And... His chin is, he's got this little tiny quiver that's happening in his chin and his eyes are getting all watery. And I mean, and it's just freaking heartbreaking. God, actually think about it. How many more Emma scenes have cut? Do you think anybody who hasn't seen the UK version knows who Emma is? They're like, what are these women talking about? <laughs> They have like a little uh, glimpse of her because she did appear uh, briefly uh, in series three. And, you know, she was there to help justify the whole wrestling thing um, in episode two. Yeah, you know, they know who she is, but they don't know her significance. They probably don't even remember her name. They're just like that really dirty woman that keeps like, hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this yeah. is depressing. Yeah. It's just, it's anyway, move on before I burst into tears. <sighs> Finally, we got a question on Facebook from Deanne, uh, who said, brand new to your podcast. Are there some archived? I listened to the first one I could find, but it wasn't on season one, episode one. So, bizarrely, we actually started from season two onwards. We went around in season one. But if you want to listen to this episode and you're on SoundCloud, mm -hmm. either on web or app, just go to the playlists and you should be able to find 
each individual season broken down into a playlist. Although fair warning, we were still trying to figure out the tech for this universe and we sound a bit garbled underwater slash like we're in space. You know, all of those good things that you want from a podcast. It was a dark time. Yeah, it was it was not pretty. Pull Dark News! Pull Dark News! <laughs> so, filming continues on season 5 of Pull Dark. They appear to be on location in various places, but we're leaving that hashtag no spoilers life. So, if you're interested in seeing what they're up to, just do a simple Google search and you can find out what's going on. And also head over to Instagram where Eleanor Tomlinson and the cast are posting a ton more photos than usual. Some interesting costume choices are happening. Uh, speaking of Eleanor, her new movie Colette, based on the life of everyone's favourite crazy French author uh, and starring period queen Kira Knightley, um, had its premiere at the BFI London Film Festival last week. Yeah. Pictures are up on Far Far Away if you want to see her dress. She looked amazing. Her hair is gorgeous as ever. Um, sadly for me, I'm not a BFI member, so won't get to see the movie until it's released in January. Boo. So far away. Um, but until then, we can all go and watch the trailer over and over again. Yay, lesbian Eleanor! <laughs> Yay. Um, Let's see. Congratulations to Aiden Turner. He won a stage debut award for his performance in The Lieutenant of Inishmore. Um, And oh, Lord, did he deserve it. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, I really hope that they are able to take the show on the road and have it um, on Broadway uh, and uh, bring that cast back. Because honestly, while he was fantastic this really is a ensemble piece or an ensemble piece. Um, my mental, <laughs> my mental spell check kicked in there. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, the, the actor that plays Danny was, was mind blowingly good, especially since he just graduated, just graduated. Um, so and it would be nice to have that show uh, in Broadway since we had the the Cripple of Innismen there uh, a few years back with uh, Dan Radcliffe and uh, Sarah Green. So that would be awesome. Um, he also, uh, Aiden, also won the Best West End debut, beating Breaking Bad actor Brian Cranston and Diversity's Ashley Banjo. Uh, the second one is slightly less impressive if you know who Diversity are. Hashtag British things. <laughs> uh, anyhow, congratulations to Mr. Turner. Uh, also, uh, his films, um, let's see, the, the Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot um, are going to be coming out in 2019. So, yay. We'll see him on uh, big screen. Um, Paul Dark and Eleanor and Aiden are nominated for the National Television Awards. Voting finishes really soon. I think it's the end of this month, so please go vote for them now before you forget, because you will forget. We'll put up links on our Twitter, I think, eventually. Also, please do me a solid and vote at Discovery of Witches for Best New Show. Woo! <laughs> you have been totally into that. Um, I'm seeing uh, all kinds of tweets I will get you all obsessed with it too. Don't worry. You're all going to be reading the books. I li- like I do need another book to, to read. <laughs> and uh, on that note, that is all from us in this week's podcast. But fear not, we will be back next week revisiting episode five of season four. If you're rewatching the episodes in the US or just watching them for the first time and want to get involved, with our conversation, then you can email us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com. New email alert. Yep. Awooga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awooga. <laughs> or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at poldarkfancast. But by far the easiest option is to go to our Tumblr page and go to our Ask box. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We need those five stars. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye, Bye-bye everybody.
Bye, baby. They fly, baby. Looking at the whip frame, that's a nice 80s. You should throw it to me, like Tom Brady. With that long blonde hair, that's Marshall Brady. I'm all about you lately, Chelsea High Handler. Handler, got your legs racing hard on vacation. Uh, no exaggeration, said you amazing. Moving too fast, can't pace it. Did it? 